Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Listening to 100 Words or Less with Ray Harkins. Hello, you beautiful podcast humans. Thank you for downloading this particular podcast because it is a special one. It is a live episode brought to you by the beautiful people at Outbreak Fest over in Manchester, United Kingdom. I was lucky enough to travel over there back in June of 2022. And I got to attend the music festival, but then I got to help curate a stage where I had some chats with people in front of a live audience, which was the first time that I'd ever done anything like that before. I was incredibly nervous, and I didn't know how these chats were going to go. I was so, so pleased because not only did I get to have some of my old friends that had appeared on the show previously, but this episode is a summation of the places that you can go with people who you have no clue who they are. And I will set that up appropriately. So I've got Ollie Appleyard from Static Dress and Kadeem France from Loathe on this episode. So chats were around, you know, 30, 40 minutes or so. So I wanted to put both of them into this particular one. But I, I, I Ollie Appleyard First and foremost, I was introduced to him uh, prior to the music festival, and honestly, I had only heard of the name Static Dress, hadn't really dove into their music, and then once I got introduced to him via the festival organizer, I was like, okay, let's let's check this out, Ollie seems like a, a good chat, and um, he blew my mind. <laughs> this conversation I had with him was really, really engaging, because this guy puts out art on some pretty next level stuff where what he wants to accomplish musically, visually, like he's just thinking about this in a very holistic fashion. And I loved being able to get to know him. And it was funny because he was a little bit nervous as well because he's like, I haven't really done anything like this before. But Ollie was a great chat and you should uh, not only listen to the episode, but listen to his band. And then on top of that, so Kadeem France from Loathe. I'll talk about him more in a moment once we uh, kind of divide this episode up into two separate interviews. 
But uh, Kadeem, I've loved Loathe for a long time, and I never really had the reason to reach out to Kadeem to have him on the show. But then again, this this opportunity presented itself where I got introduced to him via the festival organizers. It's like, hey, this would be a great chat. And they have done a lot of stuff, obviously, here in the States, but they, they've done a lot of stuff over in the UK. I was excited to have that discussion because I had never met Kadeem, never had any conversations with him. We met each other five minutes before we hopped into this, uh, you know, pretty in-depth discussion, and I loved it. I love to see where these really unconventional conversations. You know, I've got a, I've got a idea of where I want things to go, and then uh, once the information gets revealed to you, I'm just like, you know what, I want to take this other path. I want to talk more about this particular thing because it really interests me. So anyways, whew, that was a lot of words there. But first of all, if you want to reach out to the podcast, you can always do that at 100wordspodcast.gmail.com. I always appreciate feedback, concerns, guest ideas, whatever it is you're interested in. You can always email me there. You can also, for free, Support this podcast by leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or leaving a rating on Spotify if that's the platform that you consume this podcast on. All of that stuff helps tremendously. And frankly, I watch it. <laughs> so I do appreciate for those of you who have done it because that's a, it's a helpful thing. So let's go on to this actual episode. Well, actually, no, last thing I want to mention. I got some shirts for sale. I will toss a link in which you can purchase these shirts. I only have a few left, but uh, yeah, I'll toss that in the show description. And if you are interested, you can purchase it. I only made like 40 of them or so, so there's only a few left. But um, yeah, if you wanted to support the show, it's a great chain of strength ripoff. But um, yeah, you know, you can have fun with that. So anyways, the first chat I will bring you is with Ollie Appleyard from Static Dress at Outbreak Festival in the United Kingdom. And here we go. Thank you very much, Ollie, for coming. It's all good. You're like, I'm, I'm thirsty. I'm showing up a minute before. Oh, we yeah. got it. I'm, I'm fucked right now. I'll be <laughs> real. <laughs> I'm so dead. It's okay. Well, my name is Ray Harkins. I host a podcast called 100 Words or Less. The kind people at Outbreak decided to bring me over here from California, so I was very excited about that. And they also were like, you need to talk to Ollie from Static Dress because the band is incredible. And so I am going to start this off, Ollie. I literally never heard of your band. It, up until the festival was like, you need to listen to them. And so I was like, okay, I'll listen to them. Fair. <laughs> you, you released uh, a record on uh, Venn Records, which I'm very familiar with. Yeah. And I listened to it, and I, I really, like, this is going to sound like I'm trying to blow smoke up your ass. I, your band is good. Oh, thanks. <laughs> That's all right. Not, I'll, say, like, I'll say that for real. Yeah, Thank not you. like I expected you to suck, but it was just one of those things where I was like, oh, like, there are so, and I'm sure this happens to you all the time, where you maybe hear a band's name, but you never listen to them. Yeah. And then you listen to them, and you're like, I see what everyone's talking about. Yeah, for real. <laughs> for real. So that was me. I just wanted to let you know that. Oh, for real. Well, thanks. I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it. <laughs> of course. Um... I usually like to start these things off with kind of, you know, your background, because unlike many other people who I'm having on this stage, I've had previous podcast experience with them. Yeah. You were going in raw. Straight so, <laughs> Were you born and raised? Were you actually born and raised in London, Manchester? Where did you grow up? Uh, so I'm from Bradford. Okay. Uh, but you say you're from Leeds, because, you know. Yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I know you guys. Yeah. You go from one of them, but yeah. 
from Bradford, where okay. we have no music scene really at all. Um, so closest music scene to us would be Leeds, so that's where we kind okay. of say we're from. I actually, I went to Leeds before. There was a festival called Ghost Fest. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you guys know Ghost Fest? No. So I, I, yeah, one person did. I, I used to work for a record label called Century Media Records, and I signed Architects, and they. I went with them to Ghost Fest, and it was funny because I'd only experienced London and Leeds. Yeah. Such a different scene. Like, oh, so different. So different. So when you were... How did you get exposed to, I guess, independent music, like punk and hardcore and all that sort of stuff? Was that friends, family? Where did you find it out? So being where I'm from, you don't get exposed to music that often, and I'd have to travel to Leeds to kind of do anything. I started off... It was a funny one. I fell down the stairs at a venue uh, and kind of hurt myself. And then, long story short, I ended up working for the venue, basically, as a photographer. And they needed someone to shoot the shows and get content for it. So I'd be going to the shows and shooting it. And I was like, well, I always like being around music. And that's how I discover more bands. Um, And I kind of grew it through there. I ended up doing a few shows at Boom when it was called Temple of Boom back then. So okay. one of the last remaining uh, DIY venues in Leeds. Okay. I'd end up shooting shows there on the reg and I'd get into hardcore from there and just kind of keep progressing it. I'd be putting on shows and I'd be photographing them. People then come to the next shows that we do because I photographed it and made it look exciting, made it look good. And it just kind of went from there, really. Right. So you were doing... There's your water, by the way. There. Oh, thank God. <laughs> we had to get him water. Fuck. I know. It was so scary. He was like, do you have any water, Ray? And I said, no, I don't. I come on like Sandman. I'm like... Ugh. I know. Oh, wow. Look at this. Full service here. I appreciate that. Thank you. Shout out, Mitch. Yes. Uh, so photography, and from what I can tell in other interviews that you've done, that was definitely your like a very early love of yours yeah how how did that get exposed to you so i like how i got into photography yeah yeah so i got into taking photos and taking snaps because i used to skate um and when i get injured and i couldn't skate properly i just take photos of my friends and make my friends look real good right so developing from there i started enjoying that more than actually skating because i sucked at skating i kept hurting myself and i was like i can't keep doing this right but I can keep taking photos, so I keep taking photos. I do it at events. At the same time, uh, me and a couple of friends started putting on shows. I went skating one day, and then I had a show putting on in the evening. So I went through the show at the night, and I was like, oh, I'm going to take some photos. But the only lens I'd got was a fisheye, you know. And then I'd start shooting it like that and making the shows look huge when it'd be these small, cramped 50-cap shows. Right. But people would see that and be like oh shit these look sick and end up coming to like the next show and the next show and the next show and it was kind of building something for us as a pro- promotion company you know yep. at the time which was cool I really I honestly never thought about photography as like I, I thought about photography as documenting a scene yeah but not like building a scene where you could make it look larger or more professional than it really is just by the way that you're shooting it. Well, it's like perception, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, I missed out on that? Oh, well, I'm going to go I'm going to go to the next one. I'm going to make sure I'm there. And it's, it was really just the thing which helped grow it and helped us, like, actually... Not saying that we did anything good with it, but we managed yeah. to, like, fill up rooms more and more and more. Right. You know? Well, because it's that, it's that fear of missing out. For sure. <laughs> Where someone sees a picture online and is like, 
oh my god, look at all those stage dives or whatever. Like, yeah, they're just engaged immediately. Well, that's the thing. It's like focusing on something, and it's something we do to this day now. Is like focusing on like trying to push things and sell it out. It's like I'd rather do a smaller show have it sold out and everyone there enjoying it then do a bigger show and it'd be three-quarter full. You know, I'd yeah. much rather everyone be there, everyone enjoy it, everyone there for the right reasons and it look massive and insane than to just be, oh, look, we're doing a 1,500-cap venue and it's three-quarters full and it's a bit, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Well, and it's funny because I think that because you had that experience in watching at a small venue... And you can look at what you're doing with your band and kind of be like, oh, yeah, we want to play the show that's packed, like, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. Rather than trying to, like, push and do something that you're, like, quote, unquote, not ready for. For sure. The first three shows we did, um, they were under 100 cap. But it's like we made sure those shows that we did do looked insane, you know? They were covered, like, really well. And everyone looked like they were having a good time there. The shows themselves were a bit shit. Like, shout out if anyone was there. Yeah, yeah. But, like, <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were crap. Like, they, they were not good at all. Like, the sound was terrible. It was so sweaty. We only had one song out at the time. But... Wait, wait, wait. I have to say, you, you had one song out? Yeah. And you were... How many songs did you play for your set? Five? Like, five, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. We existed as a band for, like, six months off one song. It was terrible. It was terrible. Because the thing was, I was working at the same time, so I'd be going out on tour, so I wouldn't have time to be at home recording and doing new things and making videos and making progress. Like, we originally dropped our first song, and it was like, right, if we get 300 views on the video in the first month, sick. I can start building and climbing from there, because I have a background in, like, digital SEO and marketing and all that kind of online stuff. So I was like, I'll try to see how this goes, and then see if the techniques that I want to do work. And then it ended up doing way better than I thought it would. And I was like, ah, okay, uh, what now? <laughs> and it was kind of a real struggle for especially like the first year to kind of keep a ball rolling because it was like drop stuff and then hope it does as well as the thing before, hope it does as well as the thing before, but you've got to change it up. You've got to keep changing it up and doing it more. So we started creating a law, started creating a story. Like from the day of inception, I had a story that I wanted to do when I wanted to have a band which was more than just a band you know it wasn't just music and it was like there's an ep there you go i wanted to create something with more depth i wanted people to be able to discover and find more and kind of work for the music and like work for it to find more things and work for it to enjoy it on so many different perspectives more than just listening um and yeah and, now, and, that's, and that's what you're trying right now and that's what we're trying right now yeah and, yeah. Now, and now we're here playing a festival that I never thought we'd play to be honest totally like, a festival that I've shot and worked for before and now I'm like huh. now you're on the stage now I'm there yeah there's, there's so many moments where we'd be at venues and I'm like oh yeah I remember working here and then I'm stood on the stage now and I'm like oh yeah this is weird yeah I'm <laughs> on the other side now yeah it's, well it's I like and that's what I've noticed about your band too after I uh, listened to you and you guys didn't suck <laughs> sick <laughs> yeah sick <laughs> Uh, where you were built, you, you are building a world where yeah. it doesn't mean that people have to consume all of it. No. They can just like your music, but if they're invested in the band, they will go more down the rabbit hole yeah. and find out more about like, oh, you know, obviously there's the lyrics and then there's the visuals and like everything that you're building is all very intentional. Yeah. I wanted to build something which had several different outlets and platforms that someone could enjoy. Like, if you liked how it looked, you didn't have to like how it sounded and you'd be invested in the visual side of it. 
and then if you did, like liked how it sounded, you didn't have to like the visual sound of it, and you could just go with that. Like we run two different storylines right now. We run a visual storyline and then a music storyline. They don't intertwine with each other. So everyone's like watching the videos, and then listening to the lyrics, and like, oh, this makes sense there. And I'm like, it, it doesn't like right. they, they exist like <laughs> separately. Two yeah. separate. Tri- yeah. Well, it's funny because it, I mean, you know, like bands, like people may not like the band at all, but they'll own the shirt. Oh yeah. They're like, the design is great. I'm going to buy it. Oh, that, that, that's literally happened before. Like, I've had people come up to me being like, oh, I need to buy another hoodie because my housemate who doesn't even know who you are keeps taking it. And I'm like, that's cool, I guess. Like, right. I'll, I'll take that on a level, you know? Right, yeah. And it, it, it's funny because then, yeah, obviously they're just doing marketing for you. But just that idea of you making your band accessible on multiple platforms makes it easier for you to be able to have fun in two completely different realms. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to that thing of if you don't like the music, you don't like the videos, you might like the merch. So, yeah, you know, and you won't have a single clue about anything else other than what you're seeing in front of you. Yeah. You, know? you no. enjoy what you want to enjoy, and it's like kind of like pick and choose. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. It's like, cho- yeah, choose your own adventure. Um, the fact that you... Something that's always fascinated me in general about the UK is ever since I started to pay attention to what the press does over here. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's like the major music publications to all the cool zines that exist now, press is such an important part of a band's life over here. Yeah, massive. Where in the States, like, I don't care if you're punk, hardcore, indie rock, whatever, mm. it's kind of important. Yeah. It would be cool if it happened, but it's not like, we got to start here. Yeah. Where, and it's just always fascinated me. And I, I can't, I mean, not like I'm asking for an answer from you to speak for the whole country, but maybe you, maybe you can. Pressure. But just the, yeah, just the idea, like, why do you think press is so important here versus, you know, I guess anywhere else in the world? I think it's being smart with advertising. Okay. It, like, it's allowing someone else to talk for you and not push yourself in an annoying way. If I was to sit here and be like, oh, look how brilliant I am, look how brilliant I am, you'd be like... Yeah, yeah, you're you suck. you're annoying as fuck. Like, you know, I'm not going to listen to your album. It sucks before I've even heard it. But if there is a source that you respect and you've read articles from and you trust, you know, you'd be like, oh yeah, I might be inclined to go check it out. And that's why I think it's so important here because it's it's representation. It's like self representation through someone else's voice. Right. You know, it's co- you're getting co-signed. Yeah. Because it's like you have been mentioned in this zine or this magazine. Like mm. someone says, this is legitimate. You need to pay attention to this. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, you need to give it a try. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, that's, that's true. But, well, you, you did. You answered for the whole country. So thank you, Ollie. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> when we've done like press bits before, we've like done specific press shoots. Because for me, I'm like, no one wants to reread the same thing with the same promo, with the same look, with the same vision. So every time we got a press shoot coming up, like earlier we did this more it was like right we'll do a whole new spread a whole new bunch of promos a whole new this and it'd be us shooting in a garage with 30 pound lights from Amazon like really terrible like if you looked at it if you just took a step back at the process it'd be so embarrassing totally yeah and that's why behind the scenes you never want to show we we show it to an extent and if honest half the time I'm like this is just laughable like if there's someone like holding up a light on a string like yeah man and everyone's like yeah, your videos look such high budget, and I'm like, yeah. You're like, this is 40 pence. Like, this this is not much. I'm like, this is me drowning in a swimming pool, <laughs> getting, like, hypothermia in the middle of, like, February. 
and you're like, yeah, mine looks great. I'm like, you're like, great, mission accomplished. Yeah, stroke. <laughs> the um, so when you when you going back to you know you shooting at the your local venue, what were some of the early bands that you saw that started to be like? Oh wow! Like I'm getting attracted to this type of more independent, whether it's punk, hardcore, I don't care. Some stuff that wasn't either on the radio or on TV or anything like that. It's tough because I did so many. Sure. One, one that always sticks in my mind that I did, like early on, where I was like really, really proud of it. I yep. think it was. Oh, I, there's a, there's a backtrack show. You are okay. Someone just shouts. Someone was trying to give you answers. Yeah, it's okay. It's my memory just hitting up. <laughs> um, there was a backtrack show which always stuck in my head, and I was like, "Yeah, that was the one." Like the photos from it, I was super proud of. Like just everything about it, just like Leeds community, hardcore, whatever. Like it was just fucking yeah. unreal. That was one which always will stick with me. You know? Yeah. Well, no, it's really cool that you can pinpoint a show, especially where you can be proud of those photos. Like you can always look back and be like. Oh man, this was a really cool gig because I was proud of yeah. this set. Yeah, it was it was funny actually because I used to use my Instagram as my portfolio for photography, and then this band started and I just shared a teaser clip with no context, no nothing, and all my friends hit me up being like, "Oh, you're starting a clothing brand or something like that." Uh, yeah, for real. And this was before Instagram; you could archive stuff, so I was just straight deleting shit, um, and it was like two years worth. Oh or like two, th- two, three years worth of like solid build-up of like touring, 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 touring photos. So I took the plunge, did that, and then it was kind of the emphasis on the band coming through was way more dramatic then. So I think people were pulled in to be like, whoa. And it's really funny when I look back at like some of the, some of the archive posts that I, uh, some of the archive posts that I saved because no one, a lot of people don't even know photography side of me. Right. Like, people would have no idea that I'd like was a touring photographer for about four and a half years who did you and on that topic who did you uh, who were you mostly touring with when you were do, being the touring photographer uh, can, can you mention that I some of them I can't mention for that's reasons fine. for, um, yeah, for yeah, maybe for reasons. legal reasons that's fine that's but fine. I did like a few neck deeps like that okay. kind of that kind of realm of music and, and stuff like that so it was it, it, it was getting to a level where I was like oh I can actually make a career out of this and then right. I started up a band and threw it all away that <laughs> That was actually what I was going to ask because it's much easier to see a path. I mean, it's still hard to be a freelance photographer and make a career out of that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I think I've noticed it now. There's been a drop off, but pre-pandemic, it was like so oversaturated, like so, so oversaturated. I realized towards the end of me doing photography, I kind of started slowing down because I was like, there's so many people now doing it that it's just like it's becoming impossible. I'd be running a band's social media and I'd be reading so many messages about people being like, oh, I can offer to do it for cheaper than he's doing it. And I'm like... <laughs> You're like, I am literally losing money by saying yes to this. I am watching myself get, like, rinsed here. Like, yeah, it, it was painful. So I had to start upping the game and, like, doing more and, like, getting into video and doing video work. And then I started doing music videos more and doing music videos on our own and then do music videos for ourselves and then it just kind of progressed yeah. from there. So people know me as like a music video guy and like the band guy and have no idea of this photography side. Yeah, that's really... Well, you are really valuable as a human because... Thanks. You're <laughs> welcome. You, uh, I mean, every band I know has where it's like, okay, this guy, this person's the merch person or this is the driver. Yeah. And the, this is the graphic designer. And it's like, 
you can kind of come be like, oh, I can do a little bit of everything. Maybe you don't, maybe you don't sell merch very well, but... I started as a merch you... person. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did merch first, and then I went on to taking photos because the band that I was going on tour with, I was like, oh, I'll take your photos. And they're like, oh, we kind of got someone already. And I was like, ah, oh, shit, okay. And the, I was like, I'll do merch instead. So I went and did merch. So I can do merch. I, I hate so, doing merch, but I can do merch. Yeah, you can do it. Right, right, yeah. right. You can. My maths are so bad. I, I stand there and someone's like, oh, can I have this, this, and this? And I'm like, 10 pounds, please? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's horrific. Like, we'll just lose money if I do it. Right. You're like, first of all, tell me each merch design one at a time and let me do the math really slowly. Oh, oh God, yeah. And then there's a queue and I'm like, okay, now I'm getting scared. And it's just <laughs> right. worse. I got and then I have to talk to someone and I'm like, like, we had this thing in Sheffield it was we were playing with Knock Loose and Terror and someone came over I ran over from us finishing our set ran over to Merch and they're like hi can I just get a hoodie and I was like yeah sure thing and I started talking so quick thank you for coming to the show man thank you for doing this I was talking so quick that I just passed out <laughs> and they stood there and they're like that's weird and I was like yeah sorry about that yeah, I, was, I was really excited <laughs> yeah I, yeah it was like that moment I was like I can't yeah I can't do this right, anymore this is, this is not my area yeah it's, it's not my I'll stick to like laptop stuff and <laughs> and that's that's like a good. I'll realm stick for to me. the stuff that I don't communicate with people on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like too awkward of a person. I have like really bad social anxiety to the okay. point where this is like terrifying right now. I don't, you're you're doing very well. It's like I can hear the delay of my voice, right. but I can't hear it. It's like I can't hear you properly right now, so I have to read your lips. Like right. I'm half deaf, so I'm like, yeah, this is. That is why we're locked in on each other. We're just oh. staring deeply into each other's eyes. It's getting deep. <laughs> it is. The, Bonding uh, session, though. It's yeah, fine. it's fine. Therapy. It's Just to act like they're not here. Um, How? Or, or maybe they're all in their underwear. Because that's the, I think that's a public speaking thing where you can imagine people in their underwear and you're not scared. Has anybody that heard that? Sounds a bit sus. Is that not a thing? <laughs> no. Sounds a bit sus. <laughs> Damn it. Maybe that's an American thing. I'm going to say that, okay? <laughs> the, um, so when I, when I listened to your band and I definitely heard a lot of the... Uh, just at least in America, like the early 2000s kind of, yeah. for lack of a better term, screamo. Um, and so many bands uh, that obviously existed back then exist yeah. now, and they're doing their 15, 20-year anniversary tours. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And um, I know that it's a very distinct thing for you guys to want to sound like that, but then also play with, play with bands like Knock Loose and Terror, where like you are by far the lightest of the bunch oh insanely like humiliatingly light yeah yeah it's it's hard right so like do is it fun for you to play those mixed bills and have that sort of reaction where there's kids are like yo where's the mosh part man yeah so this is the thing when we did that tour back in in february or january i can't remember it was like it really shows who cares about you okay like and that's what I, i like a lot is you see the people who come for you and like know you and have listened and care about you and I'm like I can gauge where we're at on a ladder rather than being like oh here's mosh music and everyone's like I don't care about you yay and it it just goes off because we have sing-alongs because we have all this other stuff you really have to go out there like we have an aesthetic we put effort into how we dress and how we do everything that these types of bands could look at and go oh that's weird you know I just wear whatever I wear and I'm like yeah I think it's weird too but it adds another level of something for someone to enjoy or like it shows that we're giving effort. So I'd rather put the effort in and be able to inspire other people or other creatives or other musicians to be like, yo, try something else because 
in rock music, it's like you've got to tar forever. You've got to do all this thing. You've got to grind for like 20 plus years. And then you might do okay. And I'm like, if you don't change the formula, why do you expect the result to change? Sure. Like you could have the best songs in the world, but if you look like shit, like no one cares. Totally. Like, no one will care. Maybe someone will care and you'll get lucky, but like the, the, you're just making your chances even slimmer. Like I still don't think we're a good band. Like, you, I doubt. You're, you're I getting doubt. there, right? Like I still, I still don't think we're a good band at all. And it's like, but because we put pockets of effort of, and like a lot of effort into so many of these different regions, it kind of forms a better product in the end for someone to enjoy. Sure. You know. And and also when you are playing with bands that don't sound like you at all. Yeah. You're going to inspire reaction, whether it's people hate you. Oh yeah. Or people are like, wow, there's something different. You you. Yeah, you, you, you can tell when someone hits it. I remember we played, I can't remember what city it was, but we played one show and there was a guy for a whole song just like flipping me off. Cool. And I'm like, do you know what's mad? You have the effort to stand there with your arm over your head for about two minutes. I, I couldn't be asked doing that. Totally. But what's mad is they stand there and they keep watching. I ain't keeping you here. You can go. Like, you can just leave, but you stay stood here. And it's like, people will put up the tweets. People will chat shit about it. People will fucking come up to me and go, yo, you're terrible. And I'm like, yeah, sound, man. But they stay standing there. If I didn't like something, I wouldn't stand there and just not enjoy it. It's weird. It's very, very strange. And it's sometimes, I think, I hate this, but in hardcore, if something isn't cool to the general, it's cooler to hate on it than just enjoy it. It's true. It does. There is a a boomerang effect that yeah. happens where it's like once you get certain cosigns, whether it's I mean honestly, like playing a festival like this, where yeah. it's like you're able to get people engaged with what you do and be like, oh, like these guys aren't posers. This isn't some <laughs> dumb band that's like put together by some management company yeah. or whatever. It's like they're which, real, which everyone thought it was for a very long time. I. Honestly, it's not surprising to hear that. It was like industry plan, industry plan. I'm like, I've worked for industry plants. <laughs> I've worked for industry plants and like their comments never got, oh, this is an industry plan. And I'm like, I'm sat there working on a budget of like a hundred pounds. And I'm like, this is literally all we have. And there's then someone being like industry plan. I'm like, bro, I'm holding a light bulb above my head with one hand and holding a camera in the other. And you're calling me an industry plant. Yeah. You're like... That, that show me where the industry is. Yeah. It's not here. Yeah, it's, it's nowhere near here at that point. Like, it's awful. So with the, uh, you know, your, probably your parents or parental figures, whoever, as you're pursuing this band stuff and creative life, mm. how, how do they react to your choices? Are they like, oh, Ollie, like, you're making one bad decision after another? Or are they... Like, wow, this is exciting and cool. Like, where do they stand? So, at first, um, it was very anti-it. Because I was coming from a realm where I was starting to climb a ladder in, like, photography world. And it's like, oh, you're actually starting to make some money and, you know, get somewhere in life and and not being a loser. And I was like, yeah, thanks for that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And I was actually getting somewhere. And then this started up. And I remember getting, I remember it was kind of heavy. I, I didn't know how to sing when starting this band at all. I, I, I couldn't sing. Oh, I still can't, really. Sure. But, like, we, we, we move. Um, and I was trying to practice. And, like, I, I was at my parents' house at the time. And they'd literally come in the room and start screaming at me. 
like going shut up you're just wasting your time all this it's genuinely like as cliche as it is i'd just be getting shouted at and all this and it's only until very very recently where they've seen we've been in front of big stages because you got to remember we had two years of just pandemic band sure we had two years of standing in the garage in a set you've built annoying your neighbors and being like oh i hope someone online enjoys this Totally. You had no feedback. No. So they just saw likes on a screen, like pixels on a screen, and were just like, this This means nothing because it's not bringing money in. And I'm like, it just like, just wait. And they're like, well, yeah. So it was like, for me, the, the album was a very big deal because unless it like progresses and continues to do well, I'm like, I'm just going to get disowned at this point. Like, <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, right. it's heavy. <laughs> Well, it's, I mean, they, it's so funny with, with parents and people that have no context for this. Like, yeah. you know, if you bring any civilian in here, they're just like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Like, there's this many people and they're hitting each other? And, and they're they ca- sta- what is this? And they care about it? Yeah. yeah it's- and, and so for you to have a physical copy of your record where it's like, listen, someone else paid for this. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, parents, like, this yeah. is real. It's it's my holding it holding that record in my hands for the first time was like I, I cried. I'm sure know? it's emotional. Yeah, well I opened it on a live stream that we did and I was just like uh Yeah, uh, like maybe this was a bad idea. Yeah, like in, in my brain I was just like this is this is crazy because we went through like a lot of hurt when making it, so it was just it was a long, long ordeal. Like yeah. it was in the making for like a year and a half, almost two years. So yeah. Yeah, no that long. I- yeah, well, that's very daring of you to do a live stream of all of your emotions. That's good. I guess that's what a record is, too. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. Terrible idea. What a terrible idea. <laughs> the, uh, the last thing I wanted to hit on was the um, when people are getting introduced to punk and hardcore, like you were saying, through the venue and everything, there undoubtedly was uh, you know, record labels or bands mm. that were really foundational for you um, as you started to understand what the scene was and stuff like that. Do you have any record labels or bands that were like, oh, wow, I really enjoy what they're doing, and this made me travel even further down? I think in terms of labels-wise, like, when yep. I hope for, it was Roadrunner, like, forever, you know? Huge it's like you, you saw Slipknot, and then you just saw the, the trickle-down of so many other bands. And half the time, I'd be listening to a band, and then I looked at who it would be distro through, and I was like, oh, shit, Roadrunner again. Yeah. You know, it, it was really a label that was constantly doing it. And then they did the Roadrunner United, where they got so many different members from so many different bands and made this, like, whole album, where it was like, where they got the guy from Trivium singing on a song with the guitarist of Fear Factory, and then totally. they draw these stuff in. And for me, I'm like, that's perfect, because you're pulling creatives from all these different worlds into the same place and creating something massive. Like, if you've n- never seen the DVD of the making of, highly recommend. It's wild. It's be- it, it is so- you're right, too. And, like, there are, there are some tracks on that that are awful. Like... Oh, yeah. It's like, this combo didn't work. But the ones that do, you're, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. How'd that work? How'd that work? It's, it's insane. Like, there, there's some stinkers on that record. Yeah. Definitely some, definitely some bad songs. But the ones which are good are, like, gold. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's really cool because Roadrunner definitely, de- them putting that effort to collect all of their people, like, that was huge. So that's yeah. cool that it... Massive. And it was on commercial level as well. Yeah. Like, it was like... I'm not sure because I was too young. I didn't have the internet until I was like 15. So I don't, I don't know the level that it was on. It was on because I remember downloading. I even downloaded like part of the DVD on my family's computer because I was Hell just yeah. like, oh, I'm just going to watch it. And I'd learn the drum solo that Joey Jordison would do in that documentary. But like from where I was seeing it, I was like, wow, this is like big on commercial level. Like this is like normal people enjoying this. And that's something that I 
respected from that label because they were pushing not normal music into normal territory. Totally mainstream. So it's mine. Well, Ollie, you were spectacular. Thank Thanks. you so much for hanging out. Give it up for Ollie, everybody. Rockabilly.com is the best place where you can purchase so many of your favorite shirts that you possibly could shake a stick at on the internet. And the reason why they are so cool, for one, it's all officially licensed merch. They have so many bands that you don't even know where to begin once you're looking for gifts for your friends, family, yourself. I don't care if they're into rap, classic rock, if they want um, you know, some clothing for their babies. Like, no joke, Rockabilia is the place that has everything that you could possibly want. They open their doors to so many bands, and uh, you know, they just they stock it all. Over half a million items, officially licensed, the bands get paid. It is a reputable business that's been around for 20 plus years. I love working with them. And they ship it fast to you from the Midwest in the United States of America. So let's go use this promo code, 100 words or less, 10% off your entire order. So please use that promo code. It helps the show. It helps you save money. 100 words or less. Go have fun. Buy some band merch. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different things that stress us out, right? Like maybe it's something really, really small, like, man, that parking space, it's always taken. And I wish that I would be able to like get it instead of, you know, this person that maybe, you know, is the most courteous and considerate. I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. And then all of a sudden you explode on a coworker or a friend or a family member being like the parking spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? That is where therapy comes in. And I love working with BetterHelp because I'm a huge advocate for therapy, broadly speaking. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you are not vibing with the therapist for any reason, you can switch it out at no additional charge. Get things off of your chest with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Ray. So there we go. Thank you very much to Ollie for coming on this particular stage with me and sharing those thoughts. And yeah, it just, it's hard <laughs> because you're thrown onto the stage. We don't know each other. And that's very similar to what Kadeem France from Loathe and I also experienced, where I personally, my, my baggage coming into Loathe, and I say baggage not in a bad way, but uh, I'd been aware of Loathe, saw these signs with sharp tone kind of was always compared to a Deftones adjacent type band, maybe a little more industrial stuff going on. And uh, I admittedly had not soaked the band into my bloodstream. I listened to some tracks. I was like, this is cool. Like it didn't flip my lid, but I was like, this is cool. I see where they're coming from. And so once the opportunity came for me to be able to speak to Kadeem, I took it because I am always interested in getting to know uh, new people and new friends, frankly. And uh, they're, but I just felt very, um, I don't know, at, uh, not at ease in regards to getting thrown into these conversations, even though, you know, I completely did it to myself. 
But, uh, you know, met Kadeem, like I said, two minutes before we went on stage. And so there's a little bit of the, uh, you know, you're building the plane as you're landing it sort of scenario where it's like, man, I hope this conversation goes well. I hope Kadeem likes what, <laughs> like the, likes the questions I'm bringing to the table. And he could not have been a more open and generous person. And I know that sounds like a total, you know, walking cliche, but he did not need to participate in this, but he actively chose to and felt like it was a cool thing. And we had a great time. So here is Kadeem from Loathe. I'm very excited to bring this one to you. So um, yeah, and then stay around for the very end of the episode because I tell you what's coming up next. I'm pleased to continue to speak with you about our awesome sponsor, Evil Greed. They are an amazing merchandise company and mailer company based in Berlin, Germany. I actually met the owner of Evil Greed at this very festival, the Outbreak Festival over in the UK. And we connected and it was just such a great time. I was familiar with what Evil Greed was doing, but they are a very carefully curated roster where they supply web store solutions for bands. And then also for you as the consumer, you can purchase clothing from, let me just list some of the bands and labels they got going on. They have Sun, Blood Incantation, Power Trip, Nails. They also work with Sergeant House Records, Closed Casket Activities, Triple B, and they also have great stuff from Russian Circles, Chelsea Wolf, Emma Ruth Rundle, Deaf Heaven, and a lot more. But the thing is, is they really have a carefully curated roster. They don't open their doors up to every band in the world. They want you to go to that web store and then find all of these cool pieces of merch from the bands that they personally endorse and love. So use this code. Gets you 10% off your entire order. 100 words. So please support Evil Greed. Support what these bands do. And use the promo code 100 words or less for 10% off your entire order. They ship it from Berlin, Germany, but it gets to you very, very fast. And the shipping cost is very good right now. So take advantage of that. Thank you very much, Evil Greed. This is the first time I've ever done anything like this. So hello, everyone. <laughs> it, it would be funny if you came on stage and just said, What the fuck is up? What's like, going on? <laughs> Make some noise. I uh, yeah, I, I really would. Uh, that would not be the way to start a podcast, I think. Oh, no, definitely yeah. <laughs> no. No, absolutely no. But like I said off stage, I really appreciate you doing this because you did not need to do something that you have never done before. No, no, no. I'm, it's, it's a new experience, man. I'm ready. Let's yeah. go. No, yeah. exactly. Um, and so I usually start, I, I've not had the pleasure of having you on my quote-unquote original podcast, just this obviously live version. Usually I start things off with my own personal entry point to you, your music, and everything like that. And I remember first hearing about you was probably in about 2016 or so, where oh, yeah. uh, it was one of those things where people started to talk about you guys in the states. Oh yeah. Where it was like, oh, this band Loathe, like they're weird because they wear masks and like <laughs> we're not sure exactly what they got going on. Like yeah. it was that air of mystery for obvious reasons. Um, in in retrospect, looking back at you know what your original intention was of shrouding yourselves in mystery um do you uh not that you regret that do you look back and being like oh that was kind of cheesy or like no i'm kind of proud of what we did i don't know you know it's kind of one of them things where it's like we've always had the like the message was there as in like there's no face it's just music like that was always the message you know what i mean it's not about having a front man and me being all on stage trying to be you know what i mean it's about the music man like that's what it's always been about so when I look back, sometimes I do cringe a bit because it's like, come on, man, like Slipknot, like, what? Do you know what I mean? But 
yeah, the message was always there, and I think it still stays with us. I think I use that every now and again, looking back on it, to still kind of remind myself of the message of the band. Do you know what I mean? Right, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, I, I do appreciate that, because I do... This is a very random thing that comes to my mind, but there's a, uh, there's a band from America called Elliot... That put out some records on Revelation, kind of like an emo rock band. Anyways, when they were touring, they would dress up in like black slacks, white shirt, because they would be setting up their equipment themselves. Oh, yeah. And obviously, when you're setting up equipment and you're wearing like a band shirt, someone's gonna be like, oh, that's a hardcore band. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I like that blank canvas that you're talking about where it's like, you do not even know what Loathe is gonna sound like. And you, until we start playing, and then you make up your mind. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I yeah. love that. And so, w- like you said, that was always kind of the intention, even though, like you said, maybe the mask thing was a little bit of a stretch, you still try to keep that as the focal point of the band? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, always. Like, even down to like, little things, like none of us wear um, anything with logos on, on stage or anything. Like, it's always been a thing, like playing, just like, obviously, try to be stylish and that, you know what I mean? But like just keeping things simple so it's I don't know I feel like <laughs> this sounds a bit mad but like wearing other logos and that is almost like promoting something else and sure. not the bands you know what I mean maybe it's not that deep but you know what I mean it's one of them yeah know? well I mean it's the it's you know it's one thing when you're wearing your friend's band shirt on stage oh yeah like, no oh, of course but yeah, yeah it's like yeah. in order for especially when you're playing in front of people who have no idea what you're doing you would rather n- have them not have any baggage towards you that's it, like, and I feel like, as you said, when people are wearing, like, regular clothes and that, like, you can almost pinpoint what genre they're going to play, and I feel like that, the elements of surprise has always been a big thing for us, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. for sure, where it's like, oh, wow, I actually like these guys. Yeah. I thought they were going to suck because they were wearing, you know, all black or whatever. It's like, yeah. <laughs> That's it. So, uh, you yourself, um, were you actually born and raised in Liverpool, or where did you come up? Yeah, no, I was born, born and raised in Liverpool. Um, I lived in London for a little bit, but that was when I was like a toddler. Okay. And then we moved back to Liverpool, so yeah. Got Grew it. up in Toxteth in Liverpool. Got it. Uh, I, have all, I was just in Liverpool doing a little tour of the UK. Oh, sick. Um, it's that, I mean, that's a very working class town. Did you go to the Beatles Museum? I did go to the Beatles Oh, you did? It was sick. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Cool. And so, I mean, it's a very working class town. Yeah, like, definitely. You felt it. Did you, uh, what was your experience growing up in Liverpool? Um, honestly, it was good and bad, like, tough at sometimes. Like, it's where I grew up in Toxteth is quite a tough area, but it's also a very, like, wholesome community, whereas, like, everyone knows each other, everyone looks out for each other and stuff. It's one of them, it's kind of like, it can be dangerous if you're not from there, <laughs> but if you are and you know everyone, you're fine. It's not so bad anymore, but right. it, was, it was tough growing up, yeah, and um, obviously being into metal and stuff like that is something that is unheard of where I come from. So, like, back in the day when I used to, like, straighten my hair and stuff like that, like, I'd always walk into town, and I, I just the stares that I used to get were just mud. And even, like, back then, like, Eric, our guitarist, because he's from St. Helens, which is, like, far from Liverpool. Anytime he'd come to ours, he'd just be like, lad, meet up with me, please. Walk to me, walk me to yours. Like, uh, do you know what I mean? It's one of them. But... Yeah. Yeah. But, no, I... I understand what you're talking about where the idea of when you're being raised in a community not only is that all you know but then once you see outside of it you're like oh that was different because you know i wasn't uh 
I wasn't being taken care of by people outside of my community. Like yeah. everybody was watching out for their for each other. five for their blocks own. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, defo, defo. Do you have uh, brothers or sisters? I've got a little sister. Yeah. Okay. Were um, and since you were first on the scene with your parents, were you? Uh, were they a little bit harder on you than they were your sister? Um, do you mean as in like on the scene as in like metal scene and that? No, just like what? you were the first born. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah um, kind of, yeah. Like I feel like I had a lot of freedom as a child and that kind of like made me more mature, if that makes sense. Okay. Because like, I don't know, my mom always had the attitude of being like, you'll find out yourself if you, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's one of them where like, I, the stuff I've seen growing up and that like, I learned myself what I didn't want to be around and like, obviously, me mum advised me and stuff, but it was one of them as, like, take life as it comes, and do you know what I mean? One of them. But, uh, yeah, no, she was never, like, specifically hard on me. I'd say more me little sister, because, like, because I'm a, I'm a boy, you know, like, it's one of them. I'm very, like, I was very boisterous or whatever when I was younger, so she kind of didn't worry about me as much, whereas me little sister, like, she got the care. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Kadeem, he'll be fine. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's tall, you know, he can <laughs> run around. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what was your, uh, I guess, family life like growing up? Like you said, your parents were very, um, you know, trusting in you to kind of figure out whatever it was that you were getting into. Um, were you, I guess, I mean, like you said, you were boisterous. So I'm guessing you were kind of, you know, a loud kid. Yeah, a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like... Up until my teenagers, until I got into like heavy music and that, I quietened down a little bit. But even then, I was still a bit mad. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. And so, with you getting into heavy music, um, I mean, I, it's funny because you know Liverpool is obviously like, oh, it's music town, but like, yeah, it was mainly indie and all that. Like, it's right. There's not much of a heavy scene in Liverpool, like. Right. Yeah. So, how did you get exposed to it? Um, in the beginning, it was mainly going to like. So it wasn't heavy music per se in the beginning. It was more just indie bands. And like in, in secondary school, going to like hanging out after, in like the music room after school, like making friends that way. That's where I started to learn how to play drums and stuff. And then from that, I joined like the school rock band. And then um, just going to gigs through friends, networking, all of that. But um, it wasn't until in my teenage years when I started to propagate onto heavier bands like... I don't know, back in the day, like, Miss May I, uh, oh, sure. of Mice and Men, like, all them old metalcore bands, you know what I mean? Yep. I had, I'd always go to Manchester to see them live, because usually no one would ever really ever come through Liverpool. Right. Because, as I said, it was mainly just indie bands and stuff like that, so... Venture into Manchester a lot, and through that, I've got, like, a lot of friends in Man. Like, anytime we play Manchester, it's always, it feels like home, do you know right. what I mean? Like, we know so many people here. Like, Have you there. played a show in Liverpool? Have we? Have yeah, we have you played in Liverpool? Oh yeah, no, Liverpool's okay. always amazing as well. Yeah, it That's is. Cool. Like we always get a lot of love in Liverpool, but obviously, like Manchester, I feel like Manchester is like the main hub for heavy music in the north. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's. I'm glad you mentioned like a lot of those Rise Records bands. Yeah, yeah. Just because there was like you know, especially at that time, I mean, those bands were popping off in the, the states very yeah. well. And then I know it, it's so interesting because there are bands that, you know, like using a real world example, like Funeral for a Friend. Oh, yeah. In America, they did well, 
they were obviously massive in the UK. Yeah, huge. <laughs> and so it's interesting that certain bands obviously came over from the States to be able to like capture your attention. Mm. So it's interesting that you found those bands and like were attracted to those bands. Oh yeah, no, Defo, it's crazy. And it, like a lot of, the majority of the heavy music that I listened to back in the day was American bands. Like it was very few UK bands I can even think of now. Like obviously Architects, yep. While She Sleeps, um, damn, I feel bad now. There's probably more. No, I can't fine. think. Yeah, Your yeah, demise, yeah. like sure. Yeah, there was a few, fair few UK bands that I'd see, but the majority was always American. Right. There's something about that American metalcore sound, man. I don't know. Just really attracted me to it. I think right. it was the choruses also, and I don't know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and especially too because they they had the sense of melody built into it as well, yeah. where some other bands obviously just stuck to the heavy straight heavy. Yeah. Um, and so prior to you getting into a lot of that stuff, were, did you come from a musical household? Were your parents into music? Um, n- not specifically music, but I do come from like a very like performative background. Like, my, um, like even from a young age, my granddad, uh, who was, he was basically my dad growing up, um, he took me to a lot of like acting classes. Like okay. I used to go to like a weekly uh, acting thing and... I used to do pantomimes back in the... I don't know if you know what a pantomime is. Did uh, they have that in America? Uh, pa- I mean, I know pantomime is like mimicking, but like... No, no. Do you just get what I mean? Pantomimes, in it. Yeah, yeah. But it's like a play, but uh, it's very like over the top. Oh, and sometimes, okay. Yeah, okay. it's kind of like a musical, but they don't always have music. Okay. Um, so yeah, I used to do a lot of that growing up. And um, my auntie, she was a presenter on MTV at one point. Oh, like, really? Yeah, back in the day. Like, she interviewed Slipknot and everything, like... Before I was even into Slipknot at the time. But now I look back, I'm like, yo. You're like, yo, much. you're sick. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, she grew up doing a lot of acting. My mum did a lot of acting. Like, so it's always been a thing, do you know what I mean? So, right. So you were, you were kind of destined to be a theater kid. Like, yeah, yeah. I w- yeah were I was. you doing like school plays and stuff like that too? Um, not so much school plays. Okay. I did, well, yeah. In secondary school, I did, uh, we did Sweeney Todd. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What, I got, what role did you play? Um, well, it was weird. We did a thing where it was because it was like a musical. Uh-huh. All the boys were Sweeney Todd, and then all the women were. What was what's the? I can't remember the character. The other character. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was like a musical type thing. And I proper got into that role. Like I was in it. it was That's sick. amazing. Um, and then in college, I went to. I did. I studied drama. Um, did that for a bit. I was hoping to like go to Lipper, and then maybe do like teaching acting or something, but. I joined the band, and right, then, right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That did, kind of was like, yeah. So did you, uh, did, because you were participating in those, you know, like acting and like developing your chops there, um, was that kind of like the career path of like, maybe I can't, like you said, be a teacher or whatever? Yeah, like, well, I'd, I'd always used to do like auditions for like, even like, um, like adverts or like, yeah. if there was a role in like a, a TV show or something, like, I'd always try and do auditions. Like, if I wasn't doing music, basically, I'd still be trying to do it. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. But who knows? In the future, I might. Yeah. Might see me in the cinema. You never know. <laughs> uh, dude, I love that. I especially with the idea. I mean, from what I understand, I've never done auditions myself. But auditions are—it's a brutal process. Oh, it's intense. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever actually like get anything or land a job? No, I got like I got like into like the next stages of auditions, but never like. Never the part. Like right. there was this, there was this show called Grange Hill, 
like okay. years ago. It was on CBS. Anyone remember that? Yeah. Oh, wow. I was, uh, yeah, see? Yeah, there we go, yeah. <laughs> we got some deep UK cuts that I'm like, what yeah. are you guys talking about? <laughs> well, um, now I um, I did an audition for the part on that. I got to like the second stage and then obviously didn't get the part. But I did extra work on it anyway. Do you know where you're just like right. sitting in the background and stuff like that? And I met the guy who got my part and it was just like, ooh. But it is what it is, isn't it? But um, yeah, I used to do bits like that when I was younger a lot. Like, that was like my main thing. That's yeah. cool. Did you, um, because you obviously went to, you know, secondary school, like, did you actually get good grades? Did you care about school or was it kind of just whatever? Um, I didn't, I didn't. I feel like I did when it was too late. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, in secondary school, like, the only, I was all right. I was mid-level on everything but maths. I was terrible at maths. Like, the worst. Even still, I'm to this day, like, anytime there's a problem, like a math problem, calculate it straight away. Do you know what I mean? I'd, even, I just can't do it. Just yeah. simple math, you're like, I need a calculator. <laughs> <Nope>. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> but, um, yeah, nah, I forgot what the question was now. No, 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 you, you answered it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The, um, and like you mentioned previously, and I know you've spoken about it before, that uh, drums were your first instrument. That's like yeah, where yeah. you started to, and you were playing for your school band and stuff like that. What attracted you about the drums? Um, just the rhythm of it, man. Like, I've always had that rhythm, do you know what I mean, in sure. me. Like, and I think I took to it very, like, easy because of that. And it's just fun. Like, it's so fun. Like, I never actually got to the stage of being in a band. Like, in the school band, I was doing vocals. Oh, I you were? Doing, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So I never... I, I did start a band at one point... It, doing drums. This is a funny story, actually. I love it. So, I joined this band playing drums. Okay, no, I'm going to go even further back. I love it. Okay, this is how I met Eric, our guitarist, right? So, there used to be this festival years ago called Hub Festival. Okay. Don't know if anyone remembers that festival. No, it was a long time ago. But um, I went to Hub Festival years ago. I don't know how old. I must have been like 14 or 15. And um, I went to see Funeral for a Friend was watching them, uh, started this mosh pit. This guy comes over to me, bumps into me, and is like, this mosh pit shit, you want to start another one? Can I swear, by the way? Sorry. Um, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go. So he starts another mosh pit, and then I don't see that guy again until I join a band playing drums, and our guitarist at the time was like, I know this really cool guy we can record with, like, let's go. So we go to the guy's house, I get there, and it's the guy who I bumped into in the mosh pit, who is Eric, our guitarist, and that's how the relationship started. How crazy is that? That's mud. He, he wanted to start a mosh pit with you, yeah. but start something rough, and then you don't see him again until Until years I recorded later. them, and now we're in a band together. Like, what? What the hell? It's crazy. That is very weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that. So, the, like you said, you, I mean, you were attracted to drums, and you, yeah. you never actually graduated to the point of being in, you know, a band. Yeah. But as you started to get into, you know, punk and hardcore and all that sort of stuff, did you immediately want to, like, play in a band of that nature, or did that you have to kind of warm up to that idea? Um, I, like, I think I, I always wanted to do, like, vocals in a band, but it was more the confidence of doing it, do you know what I mean? Right. And it was a very, like, new world to me, like any sort of like harsh vocals or anything obviously I'd be watching like them YouTube tutorials and stuff to try and like oh, learn really? it. Yeah, oh. yeah yeah I was bad on that no that's I mean I, I 
I mean, you could learn anything on YouTube, and that's yeah. what is amazing. I just didn't think about it in terms of trying to learn how to, like, you learning how to, because, mo- I mean, honestly, most hardcore vocalists usually are just like, hey, you got a loud voice, like, just scream yeah, the microphone. Yeah. yeah. But I liked where you were, you were trying to understand the process of it. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I blew me voice out a lot, <laughs> like, trying, but I eventually got there. I'm still learning now, you know what I mean? But, yeah. Right. And so because of that, um, you know, trying to build the confidence, and then especially once you started to play shows, were mm. you terrified to play shows initially or were you comfortable because of your sort of stage experience that you've had um, that? No, I was, I was, it was one of them. I was nervous because, yeah, it's, it, it is different to a play, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it's just a different world. So I was always nervous. I am originally, like... So before Love was Love, we were called R and Balance. This is a long time ago. And um, originally, there was a different vocalist for the band, and I was just a fan of the band. I'd be at every single show, like at the front, singing every word. And um, their vocalist ended up leaving. And then um, I was at their practice one day, and Eric was just like, yo, why don't you just do it? Like, you, you know all the words. And I was like, uh... Yeah, no. <laughs> at first, I was like, no, it took some, like encouragement to do it eventually ended up doing it playing the f- played the first show and um yeah looked like that was it like i was just in right yeah in. you were just in it yeah and w- when you were um like you said with the the fanboy element of yeah. you just being at those shows and participating it seems like that's something that you still, similar to how you are talking about the band's message of being like, we're just the music. Mm. Do you still try to follow that fanboy in you to be like, wow, I can't believe we're playing Outbreak or I'm meeting this oh, band? Absolutely. Like, especially the past like three years, like with how our album has done like good things, like amazing things for us. <clears throat> like, the bands that I meet, like the artists that I meet, and they're like, they tell me they're a fan of my band. I'm just like, yo, I have literally been to every show you've ever played in the UK. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's crazy. So, like, being able to be peers with people I looked up up to at one point, like, it's, it's just mad. It's proper mad. And even down to like just being in the band that I'm in, like, I'm surrounded by incredible musicians. You know what I mean? Like, that was what I fell in love with in the beginning was the music Eric writes, like the music Sean writes, like all amazing musicians. So to be able to call them my, not only my friends, but my bandmates, like smart, smart. Right. Living the dream, man. Living Especially dream. because I'm sure you're like, uh, so I, uh, you, you sure you want me to sing over this? I'll just ruin your music, guys. No, the, literally, even, even to this day when we're writing music and I'll have like an instrumental, I'm like, oh my God, like this is, I, I don't want to touch this, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's crazy. So that's why you put out an instrumental record. <laughs> 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 so that was good yeah that was good thank you appreciate that um so when you started to you know play more shows and tour did you immediately like tour or was that something you had to kind of warm up to because you know people when you start touring like you maybe have one thought process about how it's gonna go and then you're like oh wow like this is hard yeah <laughs> like, yeah no like honestly like first tour i ever did i was doing merch for me friend's band and um, I must have been like 17 or 18 maybe. And um, yeah, it was just such a 
crazy new experience, like being in a different place every day, like meeting so many people. Like I loved it. I loved it so much. Like the only time it's ever proven like to be tough is when like I don't know, say like not catching up on enough sleep and stuff. Now I'm getting older, do you know what I mean? It was it wasn't so so, so bad when I was like 17, but now I'm like 26, nearly 27. Like I need good sleep, do you know what I mean? I need my eight hours. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So that's the only time I can be tough. And then obviously missing family and stuff like that's that's a really big thing. Like I just recently moved into a flat with my girlfriend as well. So like I see her every day and then I'm gone for like two months. It's just, uh, it's a lot, but yeah. it's one of them. And so with your, like you were talking about, you know, missing your family, girlfriend, everything like that. Yeah. Um, how does your, like once you started to be like, I'm going to join this band Loathe and we're going to be like touring and doing this. Was your family like, Kadeem, what the hell are you doing? Like, you should be doing this acting thing. Was there resistance there or were they excited? Um, no, not like, I think like me mum has always encouraged me doing anything that's creative. Mainly because like, because where I come from, like where I grew up and how it can be in that area. Like she was just happy that I was doing something different, like far away from that, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, she's always encouraged it. Like, um, the main thing now is just like, she just make, wants me to, she wants to make sure I'm getting taken care of. Do you know what I mean? Like that's her main priority now. But um, yeah, she's always encouraged it. Always, always. What, that's awesome. Was there a concern that, you know, like you were mentioning, when you were getting raised in a, you know, little rougher area, was there a concern that it was like, hey, you could lead a life of crime. Like, you could go down that, that path of, you know, being a juvenile delinquent. Yeah. No, definitely. Like, a lot of the people I grew up with, like, um, close family friends and stuff like that, like, it's crazy looking at where a lot of the directions that a lot of people have gone in now and then seeing where I'm at now. Uh, that's why I'm so thankful for music. Like, because, yeah. I don't think I'm that type, I've got it in me to be like that anyway, but I really do think music helped steer me away from that like fully right it gave you a direction and absolutely because like, i mean and most it, like, yeah even like the places that i've seen like i've been around the world you get me doing music like there's a lot of people i know grew up with who go to spain or barcelona that's it you know or, or go to amsterdam that's it like the dam that's it and then that's all they go to you know what i mean but like being able to say i've seen the world doing something i love is like something I can't even put a price on, do you know what I mean? Like, that, it's insane. Yeah, you probably won't be able to describe it until you're, you know, 10 years after the band broke up or whatever. <laughs> and I've wrote me auto autobiography in exactly, that. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, when you first made your way over to America, because obviously mm. you signed with American Label and, you know, you've, d you've done some, some dates over there, uh, was it a, was it a, not a culture shock, because obviously there's a lot of similarities between the two, uh, was it hard to kind of wrap your head around U.S. touring? Oh, yeah, the drives. There's no need. Like, half of the drives, like, if you had that drive in England, you would go out of England. Like, you wouldn't be... You would be in the ocean. Yeah, you'd be like, what? Eight hours? That's, like, a regular thing? Come on. How do you do it? I don't understand it. Like, the day that we can fly out to every show is the day I'll, I'll be happy. You're like, nah. we're going to do 12 dates in America. We'll all fly to all of them. That's it. One day. But, nah, it was... It's... I think the appreciation for music in America, though, is so different to the UK. Like, I feel like in the UK, you really have to earn your respect. Like, 
you can you you play a city three times and people will just be staring at you doing nothing and then the fourth time you come around they're like okay and then you, the, you get the crowd moved you know what i mean whereas i feel like in america it's like in a, it maybe maybe it's different because we're a uk band coming to america sure so people appreciate it more but i've always felt like yeah they just have a really different appreciation for live music over there. That's that's an interesting perspective because I, I do think that they're, uh, especially here in the UK, I've noticed obviously press is so important for bands over here. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, in America, press, like, it's cool to have, but it's not like so, you know, oh my gosh, our band won't be a band because Kerrang! didn't do a feature. Yeah, yeah. And so it's interesting to have that those two experiences. How has your relationship been with kind of the press side of things with the band where you have, you know, like, not that you've done things that you're uncomfortable with, but just being like, like this, you know? Like, you'd be like, oh, I guess I'll do a live podcast in front of people. (laughs) No, I enjoy it, you know. I enjoy it, especially when, like, you're speaking to people who genuinely care about music, you know what I mean? And, like, like this conversation, all like, it's, I enjoy just chatting about music, chatting about my experiences with music. Like, it's lovely, man. But I will say sometimes doing a photo shoot and that and, like, Having people command you do certain things, I'm like, wow, this is mad. <laughs> I've never experienced this before. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's good, man. I enjoy it. I really do enjoy it. Like, I look forward to when we're releasing something and I know we're going to have like, press coming up to it. Like, Some activity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really helps you like, yeah, just get across your identity as a band and an artist and that. Like, and I love being able to have them conversations so people can understand us more as a band. Right. Yeah. And the two last things I want to hit on was the fact that, um, you know, there, especially within metal and hardcore in general, uh, there are clearly, there's, there's way more diversity than there ever has been in regards to just like, oh, here's, you know, five white dudes playing in a band. Yeah. And um, I, I'm sure that's exciting for you to see like, oh, yes, there is a wide spectrum of people that are interested. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like it's like the past, I don't know how many years, few years, it's like proper change, like a lot. Like, from when I was going to shows when I was, like, 16, 17, half the time I'd be the only black person in the room, do you know what I mean? But I feel like even now, like, the last U.S. tour that we did, so many different people, like, so many different nationalities, everything, like, it's sick. I love seeing it. I love that, to see that's it. cool that you've noticed that you, That was actually going to be my question, where it's, like, if you have noticed that change, because, like, I know, I mean people like myself like you know white people i can definitely notice where it's like oh that's good like it's not just 90 percent people that look exactly like me yeah yeah but I, i'm glad that you have noticed a change oh no definitely definitely it's crazy and i, I feel it feels good to be a part of it as well you know what i mean like even like dancer i remember someone told me he came to a low show and they were like yo i'm like always oh, used to being like the only black person in the room and i came in and i seen you on stage i was like yo let's go <laughs> do you know what i mean like i love that i can like make people feel comfortable that way because that's something I needed when I was younger do you know what I mean so right right yeah, yeah it's yeah. sick man it's sick I love yeah, it that's really cool um, the last thing that I wanted to discuss would be because you know since you've had different touring experiences what do you do to take care of yourself on tour because that is a pretty important component to not only your voice like I'm, yeah. like you mentioned you lost your voice a lot yeah <laughs> yeah YouTube tutorials and stuff <laughs> so how do you uh, you know how do you take care of yourself um mainly like honestly if I'm honest it's mainly like if you're not getting enough sleep if you're drinking too much and if you're smoking too much I think people can get lost in it very e- well I did in the beginning because it's like 
oh, you're around like so many bands that you looked up to. Like someone hands you a beer, I'm gonna be like, yo, that's so and so from. I'm gonna take a beer from you, of course. But like that adds up if you're doing that. Do you know what I mean? And that that can really, really wear down your throat, your body, everything. So I just try. I try to stay on top of that. Like, not drink as much, get as much sleep as I can, be as organized and as tidy as I can, clean myself whenever I can, and be very organized. Because like, it's one of them. I feel like on tour when you get to a point where. When you just start to like let everything go and you just don't care about anything, it changes like that. And next thing you know, you've, I don't know, you've been wearing the same t-shirt for how many days. Do you know what I mean? It just gets worse and worse. And it's like, yeah, definitely just keeping on top of everything. uh, Being, yeah, just being tidy. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's that's very, very helpful. Well, Kadeem, thank you so much for hanging out. Everybody give it up for Kadeem from Lowe's. Yo, safe, safe. What a episode, right? I really enjoyed both these conversations. It was actually fun to revisit them as I was editing this episode because, uh, you know, I mean, when you're in the heat of the moment, (laughs) you're in front of all these people and talking and just, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening. I was very glad that these came across <laughs> as good as I remembered. And uh, I just really, really appreciate both Ollie and Kadeem for going on this journey with me, <laughs> this half an hour journey. And I appreciate all the people at Outbreak Festival for making my experience there so incredible. And honestly, one of the best music festivals I've ever attended in my life. So I can't wait to do this again next year because that's the plan coming back next year. But anyways, next week I have Jesse Barnett from Stick to Your Guns who just released their newest record called Spectre. It is a mammoth mammoth release of theirs. I think it's their seventh full length, if I'm not mistaken. It's wild to even say that. But Jesse actually came on the show, gosh, it was uh, on the fifth episode, if my memory serves me right. And so it was probably about 10 years since we had spoken from this professional perspective. And uh, Jesse and I wanted to uh, rehash things and you know, kind of go over stuff again. And um, yeah, it's very cool. So if you wanted the kind of true 100 words or less <laughs> podcast experience, I would recommend listening to that episode because I go into the origins of who he is as a human being. This one kind of jumps into just where he's been over the past, you know, 10 years or so, how he's grown as an individual, all that sort of stuff. So anyways, next week, Jesse Barnett from Stick to Your Guns. And until then, please be safe, everybody. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, 
fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 